Word of Life Chapel this morning. Uh, we're so glad that you could join us and be here. A couple of announcements to share with you as we begin our service this morning. Um, first of all, inside of your bulletin is a little insert, collecting materials for the homeless. Northern Dauphin Christian High School is collecting materials to take care, uh, to make pair packages for those that are living on the street. Um, there will be a donation box that will be out in the uh, coat room in the fellowship hall. Now, there is also going to be a second box there, which is for a Boy Scout troop collecting blankets for Isaiah 61 ministry. So they will both be labeled out there. You'll be able to see them um, in the coat room of the fellowship hall and uh, bring in anything that, that you would be able to. There's information here about what Northern Dauphin is looking for. Um, and the Boy Scout troop, I believe, is just looking for blankets, just blankets. So um, if that's something you're able to bring, that would be great. There will be a brief meeting after church regarding the Christmas Eve service. Anyone who has talked to Kim Booker about being a reader, or if you're interested in being a reader for Christmas Eve, please meet with Kim following the service in the section over here uh, beside the organ. The Ladies' Christmas Fellowship Party is tomorrow at 6 o'clock. All ladies are invited uh, to come and to enjoy an evening of great food, fun, and door prizes. Um, there's more information there if, if that's something you are interested in. Our Christmas services. Um, Christmas falls on a Sunday this year. And so we are going to have two different services um, on Sunday, December 18th and Sunday, December 25th. Uh, both of those weeks will have no Sunday school and our services will begin at 9.30 a.m. So just to be clear, there's only one service on both Sundays, but it starts at 9.30, so there will be no Sunday school. Just something to, to put on your calendar. We're also going to have a Christmas Eve service on uh, Saturday, December 24th, beginning at 7 p.m. Let's open our service with a word of prayer. Gracious God, we are so thankful for who you are. God, for the love that you have given us and sending your only son. Lord, as we gather together this morning, we ask that you speak truth to our hearts, to our minds, and to our souls. Father, do not let us leave the same person that we were, do not let us leave the same person that we were when we came in these doors. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to take your hymn book now and turn with me to hymn number 100. Hymn number 100, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. I'll ask you to stand with me as we sing this hymn. Hymn number 100.
Well, it's always good to have our uh, missionaries come and uh, give us a report on the things that uh, God has been doing uh, in ministry. Uh, as you may know, um, Gene Prouty, who was one of the directors of um, the uh, uh, Dauphin County uh, Child, Evangel Child Evangelism Fellowship, went home uh, to be with the Lord recently. And uh, that was, uh, she started many, many years ago. Many of you know her and knew about her. Uh, but then Brooke Morrison, uh, 17 years ago, um, took over being the director of CEF. And uh, Brooke has come this morning to share with us uh, the ministry and some of the things that are going on uh, with that great children's ministry. So Brooke, uh, come and share with us if you would, please. Guy never changes. Goodness, you look like a young buck. You and me both. Yeah. My yeah. word. I have to ask you, how old are you? Ah, uh, 55. Whoa. He doesn't, does he look 55? No way. <laughs> Thank you for the compliment. Good morning. Uh, I have to get him out on the on the tennis court. I, my my son Jansen, I think he's what 19, and I can still beat him in tennis, so I, I feel pretty good. Of course, he probably feels a little. Sorry for his dad, 55, but uh, I think he, he's amazed that I can still chase a ball down like I can, so I thank the Lord for that. And also thank the Lord in children's ministry, because you need energy, uh, not only wisdom and guidance, but you need energy when you work with, with children and those that do ministry to, to children as well. I saw on the front of the bulletin it, it has uh, cardinals, and if you knew Jean Prouty, she loved cardinals, and she did pass away. I guess it's more than a month and a half ago already, and she, she was, yeah, director of uh, 41 years, and I'm director now 17. We've had three directors in Dauphin County, so it's been a great blessing and privilege to see, you know, Lord's uh, enablement over those years that we've been able to do ministry in 67 years here in Dauphin County. Uh, 
I had uh, put a little uh, insert into your bulletin. It's just a little maybe bookmark, but it, it, to me it's just a way, this is some ways that we encourage those that volunteer in our ministry. Teachers, uh, helpers come to our training once a month and we always try to figure out some clever ways to be able to get something in their hands to help them be encouraged to be able to minister to children and just some kind of steps there of what God's word can do in our lives and then at the bottom just a little information on our ministry if the Lord lays it on your heart to pray or to uh, contact us the information's on that uh, that bookmark 17 years it's been a great privilege to see the Lord continue to move us in in our ministry uh, my wife Jeanette's here and and Morgan's our youngest uh, he's a senior in high school and then we have Melissa she's a senior at Appalachian Bible College seeking the Lord in missions and seeing where the Lord would lead her so pray for her and then Jansen he's a sophomore at Liberty University and so uh, getting towards that empty nest syndrome and of course Jeanette now she's part-time in our ministry working in the office so it's been a great blessing to me and to others as she uh, works with teachers and, and providing the materials and the, and the um, training that they need as we see the Lord continue to, to grow. Um, in 17 years, we've uh, really seen how the Lord has enabled us. And, and you know, it's, it's amazing how he continues not just to help us to see that we just kind of maintain what we're doing, but to see us continue to grow and and open new doors of opportunity over these 17 years. And, um, you know, we're in nearly every school district now um, doing ministry of some sort, e either in school, after school, release time classes in public schools or neighborhood clubs, church-related clubs. And uh, as we see the Lord continue to help us to grow in those areas, we, we continue to, to seek volunteers and, and financial support for that, uh, for that ministry that grows. And it sounds like a small thing, but... This week, I asked a school if we could do the, uh, instead of pay, putting paper uh, uh, registrations in each of the uh, folders for children, they do now electronic book bags, and I asked one of the schools if they would put our registrations not only in the paper form, but also in their electronic book bag, and she said, yes, yeah, certainly we can do that, and it was only three years ago that we were fighting in that school district even to do release or do after school club in that school in, the, in that school district and so here they are saying yeah we'll even put them in their electronic book bag so we praise the Lord how he's softening hearts in public schools and enabling us to to reach children and she said this is the secretary she said we can do that but you realize there's a larger number of children that are coming to register to, to register already and I said yeah but we want more and so as the Lord provides, so we thank the Lord that it's worth the fight. You know, we've done a lot of fighting in this county, um, in school districts, to keep those religious freedoms open and available to children. Ninety percent of the children that we have are unchurched, and so this is an opportunity for them to hear the gospel, uh, to be encouraged, to grow in their relationship with the Lord. We teach through the Bible in five years, so if we get a child in first grade through fifth grade, they're uh, they're, they're encouraged to understand the basic understanding of characters and, and, and situations of people of the Bible. And, of course, we're always weaving go the, the gospel of Jesus Christ in those lessons. Uh, I just brought a few things just to share with you. Because your support to our ministry helps to, to support people who go out and teach. 
you know, they're volunteering their time, but we also provide free of charge their training and the materials. So it's you who, who support our ministry at, for us to be able to do that. Um, this time of the year, we, uh, if he had not come, is a Christmas lesson. And, and it helps children to realize that what would Christmas be like without Christ? And it goes into the, you know, the biblical truth of, of, of Christ's birth and, and his eternal being and as well. And so we do that. Um, away in the manger, you know, it, it's amazing. You go, to, you, you go into clubs, most children do not know simple, good Christmas hymns. And so we teach that to children. We had uh, some children from Nepal this week, and it's amazing with their accent, you know, to hear them sing. And it just brings tears to your eyes. It, it really is interesting. Um, William Tyndale martyred for his translation of the Bible that we have today. I think children need to understand, that, you know, the, the sacrifice that people made so that we have, you know, freedoms and, and the Bible. No darkness at all. It's a missionary story. Come back and find out what happens next week. But it's also teaching what, what uh, you know, the Muslims believe and, and what falseness in darkness that people who, who uh, follow a, a false religion can be caught up in. So it helps children to understand that those things. So I just shared a few of those things, but help you to be encouraged. What you're giving and what you're praying for is, is worthwhile. Um, you know, I just, uh, just wanted you to know some of those things. Uh, I share, I want to share just in closing an email because it represents a large part of what our clubs represent. Um, this is a club that Jeanette and I have a privilege to be able to minister to, and this lady who helps to transport some of the children to club, it says, thank you so much for your, part in, your, your planning and work. Jeanette, you and Brooke do a super job as a team. I think the children uh, just love watching you two work together just as much as they, they do wa uh, watching the lesson. You, you are both so clear in your speaking and, and patience with these children. We have Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, Catholic children in this group. I, I pray that many and maybe all will come to know Jesus Christ as Messiah. And a lot of those children from Nepal and, and Afghanistan, um, I had, we were getting children on a van and it was dark out. And one of the boys from Afghanistan, he didn't want to go out into the uh, grass. And I said, it's okay. It's just, you know, just dark. He said, no, no, snakes. And I said, snakes? He said, yeah. He said, in Afghanistan, they would have snakes so big that they would cross the road, and they'd have to have the police come and, and chop them up and get them off the road. So he did not want to go out anywhere in the dark, you know. But it, it, you know, it really is amazing how, you know, we sought the Lord seven, eight more than that 20 years ago about going overseas to missions and, and seeking the Lord and here. You know, here's a mission field right in front of us, right around us. So be encouraged to reach out to your neighbors and those in, 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 in public schools. They need to hear the gospel, the good news. This morning I was reading um, about um, uh, in uh, Joshua, in, in Joshua 2, 11, it's talking about Rahab goes to those spies, and, he said, and she's explaining the, the, the fear that has come upon her people because of the true and living God. And she says this to the size. Uh, it says, when, when we heard it, our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed because, you, because of you. 
for the Lord your God is a God of heaven above and on, and on the earth below. And I thought, you know, that's, that's what missions is about. That's what ministry is about, that people around us would understand there's a God in heaven. He's awesome. He's amazing. But he also is here on earth. He's here to touch us and, and to move in our hearts. And, and I just want to encourage you to, to, to continue to pray for us. Um, we've grown so much that Jeanette started. We hired another part-time person. And, and so if the Lord lays it on your heart to support our ministry further, uh, please do it. You know, we'd love to continue to see new doors opportunity and step into them as the Lord provides. So thank you for your support to us and thank you for your time uh, here at uh, Word of Life. Did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Did you know that your baby boy will calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your the face of God. Mary, did you know Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? 
couple things I want to mention uh, that we need to pray for this morning. Um, I got a note here from uh, Sarah Markle. Uh, some of you know of the Herald Brass. Uh, they're in Uruguay. And um, it says here, pray for successful ministry uh, and safety as they depart from, uh, for home tomorrow. Um, also, there's been some uh, health problems. Someone had shingles, uh, bad sinus infection, and uh, another bad situation. So uh, pray for this group as they uh, head back home uh, tomorrow. Keep Dave Rode in prayer. He had hip surgery this past week. Uh, do pray for his recovery. Uh, Jim Snyder is going to be having surgery on the 20th, and Tim Wilbert is going to be having surgery on the 12th. Uh, so please keep these, um, these men in prayer. Uh, keep Ralph Zimmerman in prayer. Uh, Don, any update? I actually got in to see him this week, and uh, he had his ball cap on, and he opened his eyes, and, and um, I thought he looked pretty good, actually, <laughs> but I know he kind of goes back and forth. Um, so any update, or is that about where we stand at this point? Okay, hospice is coming in, and uh, we're actually praying that the Lord might uh, call him to be with himself soon. Uh, Ralph, as we mentioned, was one of the first deacons of the church, and he's now at Kepler, and uh, we just believe that his uh, time is short, uh, but Paul says when the, God, when the Lord calls him up yonder, uh, things are far, far better, and uh, that's our prayer, that God would uh, now take him home and um, that all things would become new. So, Father, we come before your throne thanking you that we have hope. That in you, Lord, there is great hope. Father, we know as your children, we know our future. We know, Lord, that Jesus is preparing a place for each of us. And that someday, Lord, we will all be with you. Uh, these bodies will be new. We will be glorified. We will be changed. And, Father, we will live forever uh, in the very presence of Jesus himself. So we do ask, Lord, that... Uh, you might uh, take Ralph to be with yourself. We thank you, Father, that he is a child of yours. And in that, Lord, we have great hope. I pray that you might comfort Don and Carla and other family members. Because even though, Lord, we know uh, that he will be in your presence, Lord, it is a loss. Uh, and so we ask, Lord, that you might grant them peace that passes all understanding. I pray for Harold Brass, Lord. We do pray that you bring them back home tomorrow. Uh, we pray that you might heal those who are suffering. We think of Dave, Lord, after this hip surgery, that you might uh, touch him. Uh, we pray that you might ease the pain and you might restore him to full health. And for Jim Snyder and Tim, as Lord, they anticipate these surgeries that all would go very well. Uh, we think of Brooke this morning as well, Lord, and thank you for this ministry that has ministered to children for many, many, many years. Uh, Lord, we know the many children who have come to a saving knowledge of your son. Many children, Lord, now who uh, know you, who have grown up, Lord. They have become uh, adults at, at this point. 
And uh, we're just thankful, Lord, for the changes that have been made in the lives of people uh, through this ministry. Continue to give Brooke great wisdom. And uh, we just pray that you would just do great and mighty things uh, through CEF. Again, Father, we thank you for this time of the year. Uh, this is the time of the year when, Lord, our, our minds focus on the birth of your Son. We thank you that you have loved the world so much that you have sent Jesus into it to bring salvation. Father, continue to bless our time this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us as we continue to worship the Lord this morning?
take a moment to turn around and greet those around you in the Lord's name this morning. I saw. She wasn't sitting right here in front of me. I saw that. Good for her. She can put as much weight on it now as she really? Is that right? It's up to her now. Yeah. Any pain? Does she have? Not really. She's not feeling really. Now really the therapy really starts now that the stitches and all that are out. Okay. Okay. She's doing well. Yeah. Good. So that's a Christmas blessing. Yeah. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. You bet. Good morning, Chris. Good, morning. Good to see you. Good to see you too. doing well? I am. I, don't, I haven't had a chance to even shake hands or speak to you for a while. <laughs> it seems like. Christmas 
B.C. Christmas B.C. Did you know that if you listen very carefully, you can hear the sounds of Christmas in the Old Testament? Did you know that? If you listen very carefully, you can hear the sounds of Christmas in the Old Testament. Someone said there are about 300 prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament that that were fulfilled precisely as predicted. 300 prophecies. This morning we're going to look at one in Genesis chapter 3 where it speaks there of Jesus as our Savior. We're also going to look this month at Micah chapter 5. There it's predicted that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. In Isaiah chapter 9, it speaks of Jesus as the mighty God, Emmanuel, God with us. And then that famous passage in Isaiah chapter 7, where it speaks of the virgin birth, Jesus coming into the world as the Holy One. Most of these prophecies in the Old Testament were written more than 500 years prior to his birth. Lee Strobel wrote a book entitled The Case for Christ. And in his book, he said this. He said the probability of eight of these prophecies in the Old Testament, the probability of just eight being fulfilled precisely as predicted are one in 100 million billion. And we have 300 of these who are fulfilled in the birth and life of Jesus Christ. I've always loved the story in Luke chapter 24. In Luke chapter 24, we have the story of two disciples of Jesus after the resurrection. And these two disciples are walking on a road to Emmaus. And they're talking. And the discussion in that time, after the resurrection, everybody's talking about Jesus. They're talking about the resurrection. And they're asking questions and wondering, is this true? Can this be true? And all of a sudden, as they're walking, the Bible says Jesus shows up. And he starts walking with them. And they start asking him questions. Uh, Why are you here? And uh, what are you doing? And Jesus begins to share with them things about himself from the Old Testament. And we read in Luke chapter 24 and verse 27, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Jesus begins to explain to these disciples using the Old Testament scriptures, what the Bible says about himself. Now, it doesn't say what passages he used, but I think maybe he used these four passages that we're going to look at through the month of December. Maybe he went back to Genesis chapter 3. Maybe he looked at Micah chapter 5 and Isaiah 9 and Isaiah chapter 7. 
These are the passages we want to look at during this month of September. So let's go all the way back to the beginning. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. You say to yourself, you mean to tell me that Jesus was predicted all the way back in Genesis? Yes, he was. Now let me set the stage for a moment. In Genesis 1 and 2, the Bible says that God has created the heavens and the earth. God created all vegetation. God created the moon and the stars and the sun. God created the animals and the birds and the fish. And the apex of all that God made was man. And then we come to chapter 3. You know, when God created, he rested. And he looked back upon his creation. And he saw all that he has made. And he said it was very good. Which it should have been. Right? God only makes things perfect. And so he created all things perfect. Perfect world. There was no suffering, no pain, no corruption, no struggle, no disease, no sin, no death. But something happened. Because when I look around me today, the world is not that way. What I see in this world is hatred. And I see corruption and crime and war and pollution and all kinds of evil. So what happened after Genesis chapter 2 when God looks at all that he has made and it's also very, very good? Well, let's look. Because the answer to all the evil in the world today is found in Genesis chapter 3. I want to look at six words, and each of these words begins with the letter S. The first word is Satan. Look at chapter 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say that you must not eat from any tree in the garden? This serpent was one of God's beautiful creations, smooth and graceful. But God also created the angelic beings. And one of those was given a name, and his name was Lucifer. And Lucifer was a beautiful angel. But Lucifer fell to pride. And Lucifer one day decided he wanted to become like God. And God cast him out of heaven to earth. He now, in the garden of Gethsemane, or the garden here in Eden, he enters into this animal which God has created called the serpent. And he comes to the woman and he says to her, Did God really say, 
that you cannot eat of any of, the, of this certain tree in the garden. Now God did say to Adam and Eve, there, there are many trees, lots of food, and you are entitled to all of this, except with one limitation. There is one tree right smack dab in the middle of the garden, and this tree is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That tree is prohibited from you eating in front of, from it. And here comes Satan. Here comes the serpent. Did God really say that? Did God really say that you're not to eat from that tree? Henry Morris, in one of the books I used this week, entitled The Genesis Record, he said this. He said, sin always begins by questioning either the word of God or the goodness of God or both. Sin always begins this way. When we either question God's word or we question the goodness of God. And so, the serpent comes. And he attempts to get the woman to question God's word and the goodness of God. The second S word is the word sin. Let's keep reading. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say that you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. Oh, you certainly will not die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw the fruit, that it was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he also ate it. So she takes her eyes off of all the good things that God has given to her and she begins to focus on this one tree that is prohibited. And Satan now, um, he goes for the kill. He goes for the kill. And he comes to her and says, God has lied to you. God has lied to you. You will not die. As a matter of fact, what God did not tell you was, is that if you eat from that tree, you will actually become like God. Now the temptation of Lucifer was to become like God. He now comes in the form of the serpent to tempt Eve in the same area. Eve, think of this. You can actually become like God if you eat from that tree. And so we come to verse 6. And here we find the explanation to the evil in the world today. Why terrorism? Why school shootings? Why legalize abortions? Why all of this? Right here in verse 6. The woman saw. It was pleasing. It was desirable. She took it. She ate it. And she gave it to her husband 
who ate it as well. In Romans chapter 5, in verse 12, these are the words we read. Romans chapter 12 and verse 5, 5 and verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people, because all have sinned. Now you say to yourself, well, wait a minute. Wasn't it Eve who sinned first? Yes, she did. But in 1 Timothy, in that book in which Paul wrote, he said that Eve was deceived in sinning. And Adam being the head of the race, Adam was blamed for the sin of the world. That sin now comes through Adam. And all, the Bible says, have sinned. The third word that begins with an S is the word separation. Verse 7, and then the eyes of both of them were opened. They realized that they were naked. And so they sewed fig leaves together and they made coverings for themselves. And then the man and his wife, they heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now that they have sinned, now that they have taken of that fruit that was forbidden, now they're filled with guilt and shame. And the Bible says they went and hid themselves. They went as far away from God as they could possibly go. And this garden that was once a place of joy and great fellowship with God. Everything changes. And now this place, this garden, becomes a place of fear and hiding. And the whole relationship that Adam and Eve once had with God, it all changed. They're no longer innocent. They're guilty of sin by disobeying the very word of God. And the Bible says that it's the same condition that has been brought to the world through Adam, that we as mankind, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We didn't eat of that tree in the middle of the garden, but we also questioned God's word when God said, says, you will not murder. And Jesus went on to explain that even if you have hatred in your heart, you have murdered in your heart. We question God's word, is that true? And so we become bitter and angry with one another. Children question the word of God when God says, honor your father and your mother. That's the command of God. And children question the command and dishonor and disobey their parents. And so we've all fallen short. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, what God intends for us to be. The fourth word is the word seeking. And you got to love verse 9. It says, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? <laughs> Here's Adam and Eve who have just hidden themselves from God. The fellowship has been broken. They are guilty as charged. They're no longer innocent. But God, even in their guilty state, even in their sin, 
God takes the initiative to go to them. And God says, where are you? Now, we know God is omniscient. We know this is a rhetorical question. God's not looking for an answer. God knows exactly the trees they're hiding behind. But what God is coming to them with is the offer of reconciliation. You see, God wants fellowship with them. God is grieved, the Bible says. The Holy Spirit is grieved when we sin against him. God wants a relationship with us. And God comes to Adam and Eve, and he takes the initiative to restore the fellowship that they once had. You know, we read back in Romans chapter 3, we read that no one is good. No, not one. That no one understands God and and no one seeks after God. Here in verse 9, God comes to man seeking him. Seeking once again the relationship. We read in Romans chapter 3 of the great depravity of man. That we, as mankind, we have all sinned and fallen short. That we have all gone astray. That we're all separated from God. The Bible says we're at enmity with God because of sin. But God takes the initiative to come to us. We looked at Jonah last week, and Jonah cried out, Salvation is of the Lord. It belongs to God. It's a a gift that God gives to mankind. And what God here is offering to Adam and Eve is restoration, to restore that fellowship. But we know sin has its consequences. We know that sin, even though God is a forgiving God, we know that sin has its consequences. And what we find in verses 14 to 19 in Genesis chapter 3 is God's sentence upon Satan, the woman, and the man. And so he comes to Satan first. He says to Satan, the serpent, he says, you are cursed and you will crawl on your belly he comes to the woman he says to the woman you will have sorrow in childbirth and you now will be in subjection to your husband he comes to the man Adam he doesn't curse Adam the only thing God curses is Satan and the ground the ground now will be cursed and Adam you're gonna work awfully hard for food and God reminds Adam that he will return to dust you came from dust and to dust you will go this is the death that was brought about because they ate of that forbidden fruit so there's consequences to sin there always are even though God is a loving forgiving God and compassionate there are still consequences to sin And then we come to the last S word, and that's the word Savior. And if you look at verse 15, by the way, verse 15 is within God's sentence to the serpent. God is sentencing the serpent. And in that sentence, he says, what we have written in verse 15, I 
will put enmity between you. Now, who is, ta- who is he talking to? The serpent, right? He says, I am going to put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. This is the first promise that is given after the sin of Adam and Eve. This is God's first promise. This is called the Proto-Evangelium, a big long word which simply means first gospel. Theologians call this verse the first gospel. This is the first place where we hear of a coming redeemer, a victorious redeemer who is going to will come to save his people from their sins. Now let's look at verse 15. What does God say to this serpent? First of all, he speaks about endless animosity. Endless, continuous animosity. Enmity between Satan and the woman. Hostility, animosity, war, and conflict. The NIV Study Bible describes it this way. The antagonism between people and snakes is used to symbolize. See, we're not talking about snakes and people right now. It's much deeper than that, more profound than that. The antagonism that we see between people and snakes, it's used to symbolize the outcome of the titanic struggle between God and the evil one. The struggle that is played out in the hearts and history of mankind. There's always going to be this struggle between God and Satan, between good and bad. It will always be present until Christ comes back and makes everything right again. There's always going to be a struggle in life. There's always going to be war. There's always going to be conflict. Enmity with God. But he also says to the serpent, he says there's going to be a temporary defeat. You will strike his head. Now ultimately, this head, if you look at the verse or the, the, the phrase right before it, he will crush your head uh, and you will strike his heel. Satan is going to strike his heel. Whose heel? The offspring of the woman. Ultimately, we know that Jesus came into this world through Mary. We know there was no male seed. We know that uh, according to Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, it says this, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman. Ultimately, this, this, this heal belongs to Jesus. Satan, you're going to strike his heel. Now, I don't know, maybe you have some uh, heel problems. I Sometimes I have issues with my Achilles heel, and uh, it prevents me from walking uh, too good. You walk with a limp. I know some of you also at times struggle with an Achilles heel. Uh, it ain't going to kill you. 
right? It may be painful, and it may hurt, and you may have to walk with a limp, but an Achilles heel, it's not going to kill you. Satan, when Jesus is on the cross, is going to strike his heel. It's not a knockout punch, but it almost appears as though Satan won on the cross. Satan is all about destroying Messiah. And it almost appears for a brief time when Jesus died on that cross that Satan had victory. But then we read also in this first gospel that he, Jesus, is going to crush your head. The victory of Jesus on the cross. Delivering to Satan this, this crushing blow. Now, when your head is crushed, that's a crushing blow. That means death. And the cross was God's death blow against Satan. Almost as though payback for the fall. Satan, yes, you will win a few battles. You will have a few victories. But ultimately, Satan, your destiny is set. And you eventually are going to be sent to the lake of fire. And so as we look at this sentence on Satan, we have in it this gospel that the offspring of the woman, the Messiah, will come and defeat Satan and bring salvation to the world. And so God's action here to save Adam and Eve and the sentence and then what happens is very interesting because at the end of this chapter, God in verse 21, he makes garments of skin for Adam and his wife and he clothes them. Now remember what Adam and Eve tried to do. Remember their attempt to hide their shame and sin. They took fig leaves and sew them together to cover up their nakedness. God says, these are not adequate. This may cover up a little bit of your shame and your nakedness. But God then, and one of the commentators I read gave this graphic description of how Adam and Eve were sitting spellbound, just watching God as he took a lamb and slew it and started to cut off the skin of the slam, making garments for both Adam and Eve. And as Adam and Eve were sitting there watching God do all of this, they learned a couple of lessons. Number one, that if sin is to be taken care of, there's only one way, and that's through death. They also learned a great lesson that if their sin was to be taken care of, there had to be the shedding of blood. And so as they watched, they watched this innocent lamb be slain. They watched his blood spill to the ground. They watched as God provided a means whereby their sins might be covered. 
we come to the New Testament. John looks and says, as he sees Jesus, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who has taken away the sins of the world. And we learn in the book of Hebrews that the blood of animals, the bulls and the goats, was not adequate to be able to take care of the sins of the world. Oh, temporarily they could cover up sin. But Jesus came into the world and died once for the sins of mankind. Jesus came, we read in the New Testament, to save his people from their sins. Here we read in Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, we read the gospel. We read that Jesus is coming. That the Messiah is about to come on the scene. And when he comes, his name shall be called Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. The Bible says that Jesus died. And in that death, he died for the sins of the world. For we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. We are not what God intends for us to be. God wants for us to be innocent like Adam. He wants for us to be placed in that perfect environment. But things have changed greatly over the years. And we now, the Bible says, must trust the finished work of Christ on the cross in order for us to have our sins forgiven. The greatest need in the world today is for mankind to be forgiven of their sins. And that only takes place and is possible through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we're able to turn to any portion of the Word of God and find in it the name of Jesus, the one who has come to save us from our sins. And I pray, Lord, as we work through this month and as we look at these various passages that predicted the coming of Jesus, that, Father, your Spirit might move into our lives Convict us of sin and draw us to Jesus for salvation. Father, we pray that each one here knows Jesus Christ as their own Savior. And they're assured that someday when the trumpet sounds that they have a home that is ready for them in heaven. Father, we're thankful again for the salvation which you have provided and for the willingness of Jesus to lay down his life for us. We pray these things in his name. Amen. Wait, take your hymn books, if you would, please, and uh, turn with me to hymn number 106. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Let's stand together, we'll sing the three stanzas, and we'll be dismissed.
Father, we thank you for your son. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you, Father, for all that he means to us, for the life, eternal life, that is ours through Christ alone. Father, we are grateful and thank you. And our hearts are filled with great joy, knowing how much you love us and that relationship, Lord, that you so desire with us. Keep us from sin. Lead us not into temptation. Restore us, forgive us. And again, we thank you for being a great God who forgives those who ask. Again, Father, we go from this place. May we, as a church scattered out into the world, may we be shining lights. May we be mirrors of the person of Jesus Christ. And pray these things in his name. Amen. Amen. Look, would you join me at the back? Sure, would you come sure. in the back? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. We can do that. Yes, please do. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Great message. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Why don't you stand?